on today's episode. When you ask people in Oaxaca, what do you do? They always give you a big long list of things that they do. And basically, I find Oaxaca is like a, a smaller version of everything that I love about Mexico City. So we'd go out on tandem bikes and we'd have a, a blind person behind us. I'm David Bevis and you're listening to Mexico Over the Wall, a podcast about Mexico from the other side. My next guest moved to Mexico City a couple of years before I did and moved to Oaxaca seven years ago. I'll let her introduce herself. So my name's Maggie Roberts and at the moment, right now, I teach English online here in Oaxaca City. Um, that's what I'm doing right now because of lockdown. What do you do when you're not teaching? So I do teach English normally, um, but that normally it's at a language school. And I also, I'm part of a community project here in Oaxaca in one of the, the small towns. It's one of the towns that's famous for producing mezcal. Right. So the community project is sponsored by a um, mezcal company. And in the project, I give English classes to the community for free. So the mezcal company pay. And the idea is, yes, to give English classes, but it's also about um, opening doors, I guess, for, for the community to, especially for the young children, to allow them ways of maybe looking at other strengths that they might have that they haven't realized. So I do a lot of art. I take um, a PE teacher, well, a, a, my personal trainer from Oaxaca. So he does a lot of fitness things with them. Um, so maybe they'll get involved in fitness. He teaches a variety of things like um kickboxing, things to get them interested in things outside of school. Um, we've done music, drama, lots of different things. And I've also, since I've been in Oaxaca, you get used to when you ask people in Oaxaca, what do you do? And they always give you a big long list of things <laughs> that they do. So I've also administered some Airbnb apartments here for a few years. I did that. I did an, another community project here in in the city. Um, and that, again, was giving free classes to um, the children in the local school. And that was funded through private classes, English classes. Um, and I've also been in a, a tourism video <laughs> in, in Oaxaca. So Oaxaca is very much about doing whatever happens to come up. Mm -hmm. I've also done translating and I've also written some textbooks. Right. So it's, it's a, a little bit of everything. <laughs> <laughs> and, and how did you end up in Oaxaca? 
Right. That's an interesting question. So I actually came to Mexico, the country, August the 17th, 1996. So I'm right. about to celebrate my 24th year. And I came to Mexico with a two-year job contract in Mexico City in an international school. And I decided I'd stay one more year and one more year and one more year. And then I decided, well, I'm going to stay. And I love Mexico City. I think it's vibrant. It's a great city to live in. I had a great time when I lived there. But over time, as you age, it becomes maybe more tiring. I found it more tiring in terms of the travel because traveling, as you will know, living in the city, a short distance can take a long time to actually get to the other place, depending on the time of day, the day of the week, the weather. It depends on so many different things. And the traveling time to and from work became very tiring for me. But also, I think the other thing is that, like, my lifestyle also started to change. So when I first went to Mexico City, I loved going out to the nightclubs, to the bars, all of that. I had so much energy. <laughs> and then over the years, that energy level dropped. Um, and so my life sort of changed too. So I wanted to find somewhere that offers everything that I love about Mexico City, but doesn't have some of the things I didn't like so much, being the traffic, um, the pollution at times too. And so then I moved to Oaxaca in 2013. So I will have been here seven years. And basically I find Oaxaca is like a, a smaller version of everything that I love about Mexico City. It has lots of art. It has music, maybe not the same variety as Mexico City, but it has music. It has amazing food. I mean, that's what Oaxaca is known for. Um, and I think that the thing that really attracted me about Oaxaca is the fact that it's very easily accessible. Like I can walk and do four or five different things in a day. You know, mm -hmm. I can go to the bank, I can go to immigration, I can also go to my job, and then I can go out at night all in one day. Mm -hmm. Or I can go on my bike because it's easy to cycle. So it's a very accessible city. So yeah. that's what that's how I ended up here. Basically, I knew I didn't want to leave Mexico as a country, but I needed to find something that was a bit more um, my style of life, should we say? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I can agree with that. Yeah, in Mexico City, trying to do six things in a day is impossible. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when I go back now, I I go back to Mexico City maybe every two or three months. And I have to remind myself, like, okay, don't plan too much because you're not going to achieve it and then you'll feel frustrated. Uh -huh. yeah. yeah, totally. Um, how has the current situation affected what you do? Well, I'm not doing the community project at the moment because um, what happens in Oaxaca is – 
a lot of the villages are run by what's known as usos and costumbres. And usos and costumbres are like where the, the village have their own rules and their own way of organizing things. And so most of them have now sort of sealed themselves off in a way. So people from outside are not allowed to go to the villages. And some of the stricter rules, they've even not allowed people from within their village to leave. Right. So they're trying to restrict movement. And even though Oaxaca moved to Orange two weeks ago, so there was a little bit more freedom. Well, we're back on red now, but <laughs> we were in Orange. Most of these villages decided to stay closed because they just want to see how this whole pandemic is spreading out, that no one knows how it's going to end up. And because there are obviously a lot more cases in the larger cities like Oaxaca and bigger cities on the way to the coast, they still want to protect themselves. So my community project is on hold until I'm not sure when. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, normally I would teach classes face to face and I miss that so much because Much as it's nice to teach online, I miss the, the social interaction with my students and they've said the same thing. But on the other hand, for them, it's easier in some ways because some of them travel five or six hours to come to class. So they're saving a huge journey um, and they're focusing more on, on their learning. So it's got its benefits. Um, I usually, my free time, love to go into the mountains and that's not accessible right now. And mm. I understand why these rules are here. We're not allowed to go into the mountains. We're not allowed to go to national parks. And it's hard because that's what I love to do at the, at the weekend, but I can wait. <laughs> <laughs> And and has this uh, the the communities uh, kind of closing themselves off? Has, has that helped to reduce the spread of coronavirus in Oaxaca or not? Yeah, definitely. I mean, certainly, if you if you look at the the numbers, we have a, a daily um, uh, message that comes out with the the status, and there are many many of these. Um, smaller towns and villages that have been able to maintain maybe just one case, maybe up to five. So mm-hmm. many of them, it, it's definitely worked for them. And I think it's hard as it is for me not to be able to to go exploring and travel. I totally understand because, you know, some of these communities, the people are two hours away from any medical help. And that's not even in a big city. And of course, on top of that, you've got the cost of medical help, the transport. So it's definitely helped. And what we're seeing is um, areas where there is a bit more free movement. There's definitely a difference there in, in the number of cases. And uh, and right now, there's supposed to be a, a big cultural festival in Oaxaca City, isn't there? Exactly. So July is normally one of the one of the busiest months. We t- we tend to go through um, stages through the year. So July is one of the busiest months when we tend to have a lot of Mexican national tourists. 
And so the third and fourth Monday of the month is what's called the Gelegetsa, when you get um, dance troops coming in from the different regions of the, the state, and they have a big performance in the Gelegetsa Stadium, which obviously this year didn't happen, but it's being televised. So what's happening this year is each region is doing their dance in their town or village, and then it's being um, shown on, um, on, in, on the internet. And I actually just asked one of my students, I said, did you watch it? And he said, yes, I did. I watched it with my family, but I'd prefer to see it in the stadium, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. obviously. But aside from that, because um, I've never actually been to the stadium to see it, but the same festival is done in all of the villages. So I've been to the villages where you can see the same thing, but maybe on a, well, obviously on a much smaller scale. And in some ways, a much more friendly scale because you're there with the local people and they love the fact that you go and see it. Mm-hmm. And then aside from that, they also have so many other events going on and Normally, it just came up in my Facebook last week. Normally, I would go to something called a, a Kabalgetsa, which is a mix <laughs> of Kabalgata and the Gelegetsa. So the people parade in their horses, beautiful, amazing horses, and some of them they've imported from Holland. So they're beautiful horses. And they parade through the city, and then they go back to this area that's out near the airport and they have this big party where the horses dance to music. So that's where the Getza part comes from. And I went to the first event that was ever held. And then I went last year and it's an amazing event to go to. No other foreigners have been other than me and some friends. And as soon as you get there, All the people invite you in and there's free food. There's however much alcohol you want to drink. They love the fact that you're there. So there's a big Gelegetsa, but there's also normally lots of other events. And the other big event that I'm really missing is right now because of the rainy season, then there's the mushrooms, not the magic mushrooms, regular mushrooms. that grow in the Sierra Norte, in the mountains. And there's usually a big mushroom festival. And you go to the town and they have a display of all the different edible mushrooms that there are. And the restaurants, all their food, their whole menu is all based around mushrooms. So they have alambre, they have stews, they have taco. Everything is about mushrooms. And I miss that a lot. So, yeah, July is a a very important month for Oaxaca. It's actually quite sad to to see because obviously the past three months we've been totally closed down, so there's been no tourism whatsoever. And now just as we're opening, there's still nothing really happening. So we're hoping that by Day of the Dead, which will be our next really big um, celebration that things, hopefully, fingers crossed, will be way better than they are now. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, uh-huh. 
Was there, was there anything that you found uh, difficult to adapt to when you when you moved to Oaxaca? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. In the class I just had now with my student, we were talking about culture shock because he wants to move to Canada. And I asked him if he thought it was possible to have culture shock within the same country because I used to live in Asia. So I had moved around before and then I came to Mexico. So when I made the decision to move from Mexico City to Oaxaca, I thought, this is going to be easy. Now, I've been to Oaxaca. I've seen it. It's the same country. It's the same language. Um, it's the same culture. So I moved here. And then suddenly I thought, what have I done? I think I need to go back to Mexico City. And my first year was probably more difficult in terms of culture shock than when I moved to South Korea, which is like a completely different culture altogether. And I think one of the things that I, I tell people when they say what was so difficult, it's the speed of life. And when you come on holiday, when you're on vacation, everything's slow and that's great because you're on holiday. But when I moved here and I'm trying to work and I'm trying to move from A to B and the car in front stops and chats to their friend or as Jason, one of your other guests the other week, was talking about how people in Mexico City walk slowly. In Oaxaca, they are way slower. <laughs> and so people used to say to me, slow down, you're walking too fast. And <laughs> even on my bike, when I go on my bike and a friend said to me, yep, I can tell you lived in Mexico City because you ride your bike like you're in Mexico City. Yeah. <laughs> so it took me a while to change gears, I think it is, and, and like move down a little bit and adapt to the much slower pace of life. And it comes into the way you move across the city, but it also affects um, like your classes and your teaching because moving like a British person, moving to Mexico and adapting to the ahorita, ahorita is hard generally. Yeah. <laughs> But in Oaxaca, I think it's like two steps back again. Now, when everything, it starts much later, much slower. It's like, okay. But now I love it. I absolutely love it. I've found the right gear to be in. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I, I do go back to Mexico City to, to get a bit of the chaos. And then after three days, I'm like, I need to go back to Oaxaca. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. Is there, is there anything that you, any, uh, any advice that you give to someone who's thinking of moving there? To Oaxaca? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I think one of the things I think is really important is if you've been on holiday and then you're thinking of moving here is to really consider the cost of living and investigate the cost of living, especially if you haven't been in Mexico at all, because sometimes people think that, oh, yeah, Mexico is cheap, which it is compared to some places. And Oaxaca is cheaper, say, than Mexico City for many things, not everything, but many things. But you also have to take into account that the salaries are much lower than Mexico City. And 
getting full-time work is not as easy as in, in Mexico City. And work fluctuates too, because the whole economy pretty much, probably 70%, not the whole, a great percentage is based around tourism. Hmm. So we, we go through phases. So we have months like July, which normally have a lot of tourism, and then it goes quiet again afterwards. And then again, we have another tourism time, and then it goes down, and then we have Christmas. So it kind of goes through phases. So your, your income and your work fluctuates in the same way no matter what you're doing. And some a friend was commenting about this today, saying how it's like a domino effect mm -hmm. because if there isn't very much tourism, there isn't very much money coming in and there isn't much to start off with here. So there's only a little bit circulating. So when national tourists or international tourists come, they bring something extra And that starts circulating and things start happening again. And, for example, with my classes in a language school, they fluctuate during the year. I don't have the same hours all the way through a year. If you work in a university, obviously that's different. But mm -hmm. And I think that's why so many people in Oaxaca, when you say, oh, what do you do? Well, <laughs> I do this or this. A lot of people have some kind of income from outside. So I have some income from an apartment in Mexico City. So that helps to keep some stability. And when teachers apply to the language school where I work, I always recommend that they have something that they can fall back on mm -hmm. because it's very difficult to come to Oaxaca and find some kind of employment where you can live just off that. You'd either have to have a few jobs or maybe you'll do some online work. You need to be very flexible, basically, and, and open-minded to lots of different things and, and say, yes, do you want to do this? <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll try it and see. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely be open-minded. Do a little bit of research. Um, yeah, and, and try to think well, what else can I do? You know, is there something I can do online? And the other thing about Oaxaca, and I understand why it's like this, is it's very much um, a face-to-face -face city. And so things definitely here happen through, um, oh, I know this person, like personal recommendations. Mm -hmm. The people here feel much happier if they know you or if they know someone who knows you it's very much based on that and most of the things that I've done here have been through someone who said oh you need to contact Maggie she can maybe do that mm -hmm. it's very much based on that so you also when you first move here need to be quite patient because things don't happen straight away people take their time to get to know you You need to start making contacts. Once you start making contacts, it's amazing because it's very much six degrees of separation. Mm -hmm. But that needs time for you to establish yourself and spread your word. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. Um, do you have any other projects that you'd like to talk about? 
Um, well, when I was in Mexico City, um, I left the school that I was working at for a short time and tried something different. <laughs> so um, I volunteered with um, a project in Tlatelolco that works with street kids. And I love that project a lot. When I first went there, they said, you need to um, be here for three months. That's the minimum time. And I ended up staying there for two years and I absolutely loved it. Because I knew a little bit of Spanish, then they said, well, you can work in the research department. So I did research studying about why people um, end up on the street, why they stay on the street, what helps them to get off the street. And we went out into the city and interacted with different people. And that's where my level of Spanish just increased amazingly because I was totally immersed in it learning street Spanish as well as um, like um, educational Spanish. Mm -hmm. So I, I did that project and I learned so much during my time there, not only about um, the reasons why people live on the street and so forth, but also about me and about what's really important in life and and what you need and what you don't need. I learned so much from those um, boys so I did that project. And then I also, whilst I was in Mexico City, um, fortunately one time through work, I won, um, I don't know what you call it, um, where you put money on to see who's going to win the World Cup. All right. A uh, sweepstake. <laughs> That's it. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> A sweepstake. And yeah. that particular year I won, and it was when Spain won. So I won some money and I bought myself a bike. So I started cycling in Mexico City, which I loved. It's a great city for cycling. Um, it's way better than Oaxaca for cycling in the city because you have a lot of um, bike lanes and, of course, you have the Sunday cycling and everything. Anyway, and I also then got involved with um, a project called Paseo Ciegas. So that project um, initially started to take to, to share cycling with people who are blind. So right. we'd go out on tandem bikes and we'd have a, a blind person behind us. And that also, I learned so much in that too, you know, learning experiences from, from blind people. They, I met a photographer, people who make videos. I learned so much. And that project has, in Mexico City has expanded now. So it's for anybody who who has some kind of disability that doesn't enable them to enjoy cycling in exactly the same way. So I got involved in those two projects, which I I had a great time with. I haven't got involved in any other projects like that yet in, in Oaxaca, mm -hmm. um, but they're the kinds of things that I like doing and I'm always investigating things. I've just seen something called... Um, wheel the world and that's for um people who don't have the same mobility and they've just done a trip i think it was maybe a year ago two years ago and they came to oaxaca so i saw that and i thought oh that'd be a good thing to get involved in <laughs> okay um is there anything else that you'd like to add or, or recommend um i would say for people who are coming over don't 
if you're coming to live, don't overly stress about trying to learn the language before you come. I tried and I'm I'm the kind of person that if I'm not using it, it goes in one ear and out the other. And when I first came, I literally knew three words, one, two, three. That is all I knew, but I made myself learn. And I think that's the key. If you haven't learned, don't panic, but do come with the idea that you're going to learn the language and allow time for that because it just opens up so many doors to you and you'll have a way better experience if you learn the language. Um, but it's not easy for everyone before you before you come here. Um, and then, as I said earlier, I think come with an open mind to enjoy it, um, be very flexible, try not to have very fixed ideas of what you're going to expect and also about what you're going to do. Because mm -hmm. if you have an open mind, there are so many opportunities that are here that could be open to you. And I've done so many different things that I would never have been able to do if I just lived in Britain. You know, mm -hmm. it's and that's the bonus sometimes of being a foreigner. You know, you get asked to do things that you wouldn't be asked to do in in Britain, so or in your home country, wherever you're from. So yeah, I would say don't overly stress about the language, but definitely an open mind and be flexible. Brilliant, and you'll love it. <laughs> so i was talking there to maggie roberts who lives in oaxaca over the course of this series i'm going to be interviewing people from all over the place about their experiences of living in mexico if you live in mexico and would like to take part please get in touch by writing to feedback at mexicooverthewall.com or you can send us a voice message via facebook messenger at mexicooverthewall.com slash messenger Please support the podcast by giving us a review, which you can do via mexicooverthewall.com slash apple for Apple Podcasts if you have an iOS device or iTunes. Or you can review us on Stitcher by going to mexicooverthewall.com slash Stitcher. You can also support us with hard cash by sponsoring us on Patreon. One of the benefits of sponsorship is that you can get extended versions of these interviews. Go to patreon.com slash mexicooverthewall for more details. That's it for this episode. Hope you liked it. See you next time.